Father, we just want to thank you once again for this morning. We come to you in the name of Jesus. We come to you. We come to your word. These are not our words. These are words when holy men of God who have been inspired by the Holy Spirit expressed what you spoke to them by the inspiration of your spirit, moved by the spirit. And therefore all scripture, as your word says, is given by the inspiration of God. And therefore this morning, O Lord, even as we meditate upon your word, inspired inspired by your spirit, give us ears to hear what the spirit has to say to each one of us in this last hour of time. Grant us grace to hear, grant us grace to obey, and grant us grace so that we can be continuously be cleansed, continuously be purified, and continuously prepare ourselves for your coming. To that end, I pray that you would anoint the speaking and the hearing of today's word. We lay aside every distraction, we bind every spirit of distraction, every spirit that brings confusion and tiredness into our lives in the name of Jesus. And we release ourselves for the glory of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. One of the things that I've uh, learned in my walk with the Lord, and generally in all my life, that we're all creatures of habit. And another thing that I've learned is, bad habits are very difficult to put away. Good habits are very difficult to cultivate. Okay. Um, this was taught to me by a very unlikely vessel called Navjot Singh Sidhu in one of his commentaries. Okay. I listened to cricket commentary and he said, bad habits are like soft beds. Very easy to get in, very difficult to get out. So bad habits are very, very difficult to get rid of. And good habits are very difficult to cultivate. What says thou, Kritika? Amen? Yeah. Uh, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not talking about salvation by works or, you know, we have to, because of the habits that we have, um, God is going to accept it. No, we're not talking about that. We have been justified. We have been declared righteous simply based upon the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Okay. It's not anything that we have done in and of ourselves, not of any merit that we have. We've been declared righteous and we've also been made righteous. That is justification. How? Having been born again by what? Imperishable seed. Okay, the word of God. So that is the easy part actually. Our success in our spiritual walk, however, Depends upon getting rid of the habits that are that were a part of our old nature. That is the reason why we've been studying about the wilderness experiences. Wilderness is a place where God shows us our true source of all our problems. And it is not the devil. And it is nothing on the outside primarily. The fifth column of the devil is right inside of us. We call the old man. 6,000 year old plus. Old man, okay. Flowing, the blood of Adam flowing through all our veins. That is the source of all our problems. Therefore, our success depends upon how much of this old Adam we are able to put to death. 
like we keep hearing the the paradigms and the patterns that we have in the in the bible jacob and esau esau a type of the old man he comes first but god's will is that the younger who comes second should overpower or rule over the older esau or rather the esau has to serve the younger if you don't get rid of all these habits you know we will keep wandering and we will never be able to appropriate the life that god wants for us the good the acceptable and the perfect will of god you see we can say you know we say that you know casting down imaginations <laughs> it's just it's more than just proclaiming that word we cast down all imaginations things don't happen by casting down by his proclamation of that particular verse there should be an intentionality in our lives we will be like the children of israel unless we are intentional there is an intentional putting away an intentional readiness to punish every disobedience an intentional bringing every thought to the captivity of christ and bringing every thought to the obedience of christ there's an intentionality in christian life and unless that happens we will not have true genuine spiritual success we will not be overcomers and the in god's will is that we overcome because it says in revelation chapter 21 verse 7 he who overcomes ah inherits all things and therefore one verse which bring comes to my mind is little children let no one deceive you including yourself that is my addition for whoever ah practices you see that it's a practice it's going through the thing over and over again some things that have to be repeated over and over again until it becomes a part of our nature therefore he who practices meaning what he who does he who performs he who commits himself to a lifestyle of righteousness he is righteous yes i've been declared righteous yes i've been justified i've been i've been uh, given a standing with god as if i've never ever sinned in his life thank god praise god but we should not fool ourselves into thinking that we are saved like pastor was saying just because you are in a garage doesn't make you a car <laughs> just because you are in a church doesn't make you a christian or a or a believer there should be a, something in your life your practice your lifestyle should be a proof that you have been justified by faith and therefore there should be certain steps that we have to constantly keep doing in our lives in order to be continuously cleansed cleansed you know what cleanses as we say is the water of the word of god right i mean if you read the old covenant in numbers chapter 19 there's a particular sacrifice that the israelites was israelites were supposed to sacrifice it's called the sacrifice of the red heifer how many how many of you know the story of the red heifer you know what they're supposed to do they have to take this red heifer slaughter it okay slaughter the red heifer is a picture of christ okay 
and he has to burn the entire red eye for completely, top to bottom, everything. Even the entrails has to be burnt outside the camp and the ashes of the red heifer have to be collected and they have to be mixed with water and that water which is mixed with the ashes of the red heifer has to be sprinkled upon the people in order for them to be cleansed. So when we, t- we talk about the word of God, which, which is a cleansing agent, what kind of a word are we talking about? We're talking about the word which essentially has become flesh and has become the red heifer for us, which was slaughtered outside the camp, bore our reproach, we, just consumed the wrath of God completely upon himself, became ashes for us, that mixed with the water of the word of God, which causes faith sprinkled upon us, will make us clean. This is a picture that is given. So when we we talk about the cleansing water, the word of God, it's just not normal water. Okay. It's, 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 it's the very word of God that, that was crucified on the cross, which was burned for us. And therefore cleansing, continuous cleansing. When, why do we come to the word of God? Because we need continuous cleansing. Why do we come to the church? Continuous cleansing. Continuous cleansing. That is the reason why we come to the word of God. And, in t- and, and we, we make it a practice. Sometimes we don't feel. Some one man of God said, you know what? Um, the demons don't allow me to, uh, allow me to come to church. They keep troubling. Troubling me. And the man of God answered, if the demons keep troubling you and keeping you away from church, bring them to church and the word of God will trouble them. I like that. <laughs> and drive out the demons out of your life. Yo, they've been troubling you all these days. Okay, do one thing. Give them a taste of their own medicine. Trouble them. Okay. So there should be intentionality. Okay. So we just cannot relax and say, you know what? Oh, these demons and my flesh and what have you. We have to stop. We have to continue. We have to become intentional. And I want to look at one passage in the Bible of a determined fellow. I mean, he's come to a I mean, I, I, I titled today's teaching as "Committed Faith." Do I have it? Okay, I'm just. I'm, uh, 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 I don't know if that is right language, but I couldn't get another phrase for it. Okay, committed faith. It's 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 gonna it's gonna be online for sure. Yeah, it's there online. Yeah, committed faith. Do I have it? it it's this intentional phenomenon. He's like he's sick and tired of his life. He's come to the end of himself, and he is grabbing onto Jesus. I want to look at that guy. This morning, very familiar passage for all of us. Mark's Gospel, chapter 10. Let's read it from all this entire passage. Now they they came to Jericho. Now they came to Jericho as he went out of Jericho. You know, Jesus is in the process of taking people out of Jericho, not keeping them in Jericho. He came to Jericho, took them out of Jericho. And who followed him? The disciples and the crowds. Okay, that's the the reason why he says he took captivity captive. (laughs) And he gave gifts to men. The process is very simple, Baba. Jesus came into the world not to be, not to make you a part of the world, to take you out of the world. That, that is the reason why Jesus, Peter tells in the first sermon, save yourself from this perverse generation. And all those who gladly received the word were baptized. Okay, let's read on. Okay, let, let me not go ahead of myself. So, as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, a son of Timaeus, the son of Timaeus. <laughs> Bartimaeus means son of Timaeus. Bar means son, 
Timius means? I'll tell you. I'll talk out of it. You know, you know, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, I like the word, Jesus of Nazareth. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And he went about doing good and cleansing and healing all those people who were oppressed by the devil. That is the reason why Jesus of Nazareth is very important. Okay, nothing is, is, is the details are not given just for our pleasure or to add into the text. No, 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 no. By the way, God is very terse. He's very economical with his words. Okay, he doesn't waste words. We are verbose. Okay, and we do a lot of hand waving also. Sometimes when people don't understand. No? That's the reason why when we go to the class, you know, teach, children don't understand. And you are not also very clear with the subject. You know what you do? Hand waving. <laughs> One hand wave will make everything clear. That's what we think. But hmm, those things don't generally happen. And when he heard that it was Jesus, he began to cry out. Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. Let's move on. Then many want him to be quiet. But he heard out, but he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy upon me. So Jesus stood still, commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to, saying to him, be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Raboni, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Very familiar. So many things that we have looked at in so many contexts, but once more. In a different light. Not a different light. In a familiar light, but in a new way. Okay. Mark's Gospel chapter 10. Verse 46. Let's read that first part. Now they came to Jericho. As he went out of Jericho. Jesus is not interested in Jericho. Okay. Let me tell you. What is Jericho? Jericho, the word means city of the moon god. What is that? City. Yare. It's actually Yeriko. Yeriko in Hebrew. Yari means city. Echo means of, of the of the moon god. The Lord made two lights. The sun to rule by day. And the moon to rule by night. But what does he call us? Sons of the day and sons of light. This is not my word. First Thessalonians chapter 5. Verse 3. And when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman and they shall not escape. But you brethren are not in darkness so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all what? Sons of light and sons of day. Understand this? So Jericho essentially means city under the influence and the powers of darkness. Which is essentially the world system. It's a type of the world system. A type of Babylon. A type of Egypt. Different pictures given in the Bible. A type of the system of, of, of trafficking in this world. Hmm? Or whatever you want to call it. No, and the very first time you see it appearing in the Bible, you'll see a person in the Bible who's there in Jericho, and that lady's name is, of course, uh, Joshua chapter 2. We know this verse very well. 
Now this, but before they lay down, she came to him. This is Rahab the harlot. And you see that what is happening over there, it is the first Canaanitish town that the children of Israel had to overcome. And the thing about this Jericho is, it's merchandise is trafficking in the souls of men. Okay, then you have Rahab, a type of a person in the world, selling herself to the things of this world, to the pleasures of this world, to make money, to live her lifestyle, but she's sick and tired of it. And she wants a way out. You see this, this world system. So what does she do? She receives the messengers of God. And look at what it says. How she looks at, um, uh, how she describes um, what is happening in Jericho. Now before they lay down, she came up and said and, and, and to them on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land, that the terror of you has fallen on us. What has fallen upon us? The terror of the Lord. And that all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. For we have heard what your God did. Everybody is shivering. Everybody is terrorized. Everybody is fearful. Where? In Jericho. But we'll all believe? No. That's what, that's the reason why this is what we call as demonic belief. That demons tremble, but they don't obey. <laughs> you believe in one God, they also believe in one God. And they tremble, but they will not change their mind. They will not humble themselves and repent. And similarly, something like this has happening over here as well. So, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites, as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted, neither did there remain any more courage in any one of us because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God on heaven above and earth beneath. <laughs> but did she? But did, did the people of Jericho obey? Look at what it says in Joshua chapter 6 and verse number 1. Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. And none went in. Nobody came out. This is how the world system is. They are hostile to the gospel. They will die in their sin. But they do not want deliverance because they do not want to receive the gospel. I remember one sister years back. She's from an unbelieving background. She was saved. And she had a brother who was a drunkard. And uh, she went and told her mother, Mama, send Bhaya to church. He will, you know, God is going to deliver him. Our Jesus can deliver him from this drinking problem. He's wasting his life. He's dying of this evil wise. You know what the mother said? Let this follower die. But he's not going to come to your church and believe in that God. Securely. Shut up. You know, this is the power of the devil. He will put you in your wise. And you know, you're so hard-hearted. It's become a place of merchandise. Not only that, the third thing about Jericho, it's under the influence of darkness. It's a place which is tightly shut to the gospel. Third thing about Jericho is, it is under the curse of Jehovah. Under the curse of who? Joshua, I'm not, I did not say that. In Joshua chapter 6, verse number 26. Joshua charged them at that time saying, Cursed be the man before the Lord who rises up and builds the city Jericho. 
It's a place which is under the curse of God. He shall lay its foundation with his firstborn and with his youngest he shall set up its gates. Who spoke this? Joshua, a type of Christ. It is a place which has been cursed by God. And I'll tell you something. The world system is a place which is cursed by God. Don't fool yourself. Therefore he says, do not love this world, neither the things of this world, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Notice that pride. And what happens? People don't take the word of God seriously. And one guy, his name is Hael, during the time of Ahab, when Je- when 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 uh, Madam, um, what's her name? Oh yeah, Jezebel is ruling. There's an environment of absolute spiritual darkness. This witchcraft all over the place. So what does this guy do? Second Kings chapter sixteen, verse number thirty-four. Look at what it says. In his days, Hael. You know what Hael? Hael means life. El means my God lives. The word is, the Lord liveth. You remember that song? The Lord liveth, and blessed be the rock. And may the God of my salvation be exalted. What should you exalt? The Lord who is living, and the one who has brought you salvation. He has to be exalted. And what what does he exalt? This guy, he laid his foundation. He built Jericho. He laid its foundation with Abiram, his firstborn. And with his youngest son, Segub, the gates. That means all his posterity from Abiran to Segub, everybody died. Now notice this, my dear brothers and sisters. Abiram fell ill. And they are running from Apollo Hospital to Yashoda to Vijay Diagnostics to Tesla Diagnostics. And they have exhausted all their money and trying to find the reason for this illness. You see? What, and what is the reason for this illness? You started building something that the Lord, what? Cursed. And unless and until you get rid of the curse, you see, curses have to be renounced. They just don't go away, just like that. And you have to stay in Christ. Jericho is a very dangerous place. You get out of Jerusalem into Jericho. You know what happens? Sophia, sorry, what's her name? Uh, Kritika, Abigail, and uh, the three musketeers. Come. Okay. Stand here. Okay. okay. I'm a man in Jerusalem. Okay. Stand close to me, close to each other like this. Give some, give some space to each other like this. Okay. Let me give some space for me also. Okay. Assume that these three are robbers. They're not. Okay. A man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and, 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 no, 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 no. The the construction is very interesting. It doesn't say the thieves fell upon him. He fell among thieves. In other words, these three thieves, these thieves are discussing. Today, whom should we rob? We do not know. It's like, you know, the demons were trying to, whom should we possess today? We're not getting chances. And suddenly one fellow leaves Jerusalem. Opportunity presents itself. It's like right there, 
falling right there. They don't have to. You, I mean, literally, the demons have not come in search for him. <laughs> he has literally gone in, term, in search for demons. You can go back. Thank you. Thank you very much. He fell among what? Thieves. You leave church. You know what will happen? The thieves will not come after you. You will present yourself to the enemy. Please rob me. And after a while, your life is gone, your time is gone, your resources are gone, your energy is gone, your health is gone, your family is gone, everything is gone. And you're wondering, what is going on? You know what, career is important, brother. I will build my Jericho. Oh, I learned that lesson the hard way, my dear brothers and sisters. After becoming a baptized believer and saying, the cross before me, <laughs> the world behind me, 365 days in the lap. What am I doing? Presenting myself to the demons. Career doesn't come first. God. And after that, afterwards, I, I learned my lesson. Now, the, the, the Lord called me. To, it's, 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 it's a joke of the Lord. Okay, you spend 24 by 7 in the lab. Now you're going to spend 24 by 7 with my word and with my church. What a joke, no? What a transformation. So Jericho is a place which is under the curse of Yahushua. And not only that, you could be a person who has endured the wilderness, who has endured all the testings of the wilderness, not rebelled against the commands, against the commandments of God, fought Sihon, Fought Og. Not been a part of those people who rebelled. You endured all these 40 years in the wilderness and you come to Jericho. What is that fellow's name? Brother Aiken. I believe Aiken is a title given by God. Because who will name your son trouble? I mean, some children give trouble. Others name them trouble. But you will not name them trouble, right? Right? Am I right or am I right? Yeah? <laughs> that's, a, that's a phrase that I, got, that I got used to. I still ask my children, am I right or am I right? Papa, <laughs> what is the choice that I have? <laughs> okay. So what is Aiken? Aiken means trouble. Hey, trouble, get up. Trouble. You know, no, no father calls his children trouble. It's a title given by God. Aiken means what? Trouble. It was some other, some other name according to the Bible. I don't know. So what happens to Achan? This is his testimony when he is caught. Look at what he says. I saw, everybody say, I saw. This is Vinnie Vichy Vidi. Huh? The Achan way. Hmm? I saw, I saw. <laughs> I came, I saw, I conquered. Vinnie Vichy Vidi. I saw. I committed. I took. I hid. This is the anatomy of the fall of everybody. David saw, David coveted, David took, David hid. You see that? Eve saw, Eve coveted, Eve took, gave to her husband also at the same time. said, share in my troubles. Hmm? <laughs> because you said, no, they drew us apart, etc. <laughs> huh? And Eve, Hid. This is the 
I mean, the best of men can fall trapped. This is Jericho, my dear brothers and sisters. This is Jericho. This is the world system. Don't ever think that you are insulated. You can be, if you want to. But if you try, try to open doors, it's like, you know, a dog on a leash. God is like literally holding the dogs on a leash and then, and you just present yourself to the dog. You're like, you know what? Dog is on a leash. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to get into the kennel. What's going to happen to you? If you're a lover of dogs, it's a different thing. But if you're a person like me, you're gone, you're toast. You'll be shred to pieces. So, the best of saints can stumble because of the world. Because the world catches them and traps them with its, with its glory. So that's the reason why when Jesus is in the wilderness, he showed them the entire kingdoms of this world and the what? And the glory? And unless and until you are like Jesus and said, you know what? You shall worship the Lord and your God alone and him shall you serve alone. If you do not have that conviction and you do not have that intentionality, you know what's going to happen? You will be like Demas. Demas having loved this present world has what? Forsaken me. Therefore the cross is to be continually applied in my life like, like it says, Apostle Paul says, you know what? Through the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, I have been crucified to the world and the world has been crucified to me. So none of these things affect my life. So it's a process. It can mean trouble. And you see that covetousness is the, is the, is the primary, you know what, iniquity of this age. It's covetousness. You covet. That's exactly, you have two kinds of people in Jericho. I mean, two, two people in Jericho that we, that we know of in the New Testament. One is who? Zacchaeus. A man given to what? Covetousness. That is the reason, that is the reason why it says in Proverbs chapter 15, verse number 27. What does it say? He is that, is greedy for gain. What do they do? Troubles his own house. What, what does Achan do? He brings trouble to his own house. What did he see? He saw a Babylonish garment. It's interesting, isn't it? The garments are mentioned. You know, when you go to a shopping mall and the kinds of things that you choose as your garments is a reflection of your heart. Okay. You should go. And that's the reason why you should not allow your children to shop. No, choose whatever you want. No, you choose for them. Choose. So what, what happens? So it is a place which has been cursed. It is a place which attracts and tempts the best of saints. And it is a place which is under the fierce wrath of God. Look at what it says in Joshua chapter 7. Joshua said, why have you troubled us? The Lord will trouble you. So all Israel stoned him with stones. What else will you stone him with? Hmm? Just an emphasis. Okay. And they buried him with, buried them with fire and they had stoned them with stones. Then they raised over him a heap of stones. Look at this word stones coming. Still, till this day it is there. So the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger. Therefore the name of the place has been called the valley of Akhor means trouble. Akhor, Akhor, the same word, the same root word by the way. So this is where you find our man, this blind man. Where? 
blind man stood by the my goodness that song rings in every youth meeting they do not know what they are singing mark's gospel chapter 10 verse number 46 this is jericho so they came by jericho and what was he there was a man who was born blind who is at the highway what's his name bartimius son of timius timius means what unclean and what is he twice mentioned what is he unclean unclean who should supposed to say i'm unclean unclean yeah exactly looks gospel chapter 13 verse number sorry leviticus chapter 13 verse number 45 this is what it says now the leper on whom the sore is his clothes shall be torn and his head bare he shall cover his mustache and cry unclean unclean oh, what a shame no don't come near me unclean unclean but notice something very important over here notice something very interesting a detail which is given in the bible mark's gospel chapter 10 verse 46 bartimius the son of timius sat by the road the kgb uses the word highway what is the word highway highway is a way of thinking the word means podos which means the way of thinking the way of perceiving the way of deciding three things thinking perceiving and deciding you see we are all a product of our thinking and based upon our thinking we perceive and based upon our thinking and our perception we decide you don't understand that you thought because you received some information you perceived based upon the information that you have in your mind and then you decide you make a decision based upon the information that you received and the perception that you have you make a choice so lot saw he had a thinking he perceived based upon his thinking he made a choice and he took his people his entire family into sodom so all of us have a thought process all of us have a perception based upon that thought process and all of us are making decisions every day based upon our thought process and based upon the perceptions that we have sensory perceptions or otherwise we walk by faith and not by sight is not always true for most of us that is the reason why it says in proverbs chapter 14 verse number 12 everybody read that ah everybody there is a way that seems right to a man but its end is the way of you see you chose a way what is it it's a way of thinking it's a way of perceiving it's a way of deciding just in case you forgot you read through proverbs chapter 14 on 14th day of the year or the, of the month you go through proverbs chapter 15 on the 15th uh, uh, day of the month and proverbs chapter 16 just in case you forgot 1425 repeats itself again what does it say there is a way <laughs> that seems right to a man but the end is a way of death you see that is the reason why you know what we need we need spiritual calculators what do we need spiritual calculators who can calculate the outcome of our decisions that is the reason why in the bible the prophets were called seers the seer <laughs> a guy who's got vision he's like the he's like the Uh, the financial guru 
this company based upon all these past performances and all the past data that I have that I have in, uh, that I have gathered now i have made a prediction this is my estimation as to what is going to happen to this fellow this particular stock in 5 years time okay so there is a there's a way that seems right to a man but the end is a way of death so one of the things that barthemius is considering why did i come to this state in my life why did i come to this stage in my life the stage in which i am in today is because of the thoughts that i have allowed in my mind it's the perceptions that i had because of the thought process and the decisions that i have made that is the reason why the bible says i said before you life and death blessings and curses choose what choose life and what does jesus say i am your life choose life you're making choices so before we make therefore whenever we are in a particular stage in our lives it is very important for us to make an honest appraisal as to why we have received we have reached this plane place of becoming unclean in the sight of god unclean and what is the reason of my uncleanness so let me show you some some patterns in the bible to give you an idea as to some be, some people as to why they became unclean numbers chapter 12 verse number 1 and miriam and aaron spoke against moses because of the ethiopian woman whom he married now i mean this is miriam and aaron but i believe when i read the entire account it was miriam who started the entire project because aaron had never did not have his own spine whatever other people said he followed make us gods he made gods and miriam expressed her opinion oh i think that is right that's what he said So now this conversation is happening in private this is what i believe okay private conversation as to what is are you moses what is this woman here married kushite woman other bible says other words translation says ethiopian woman and then so they had said has the lord indeed spoken only through moses has he not spoken through us also the problem is your conversations who's hearing god and there's a there's a there's a saying in telugu even the walls can hear godal kuda chevulu untai okay you can be in your walls but god can hear everything he perceives everything he even perceives your thoughts he perceives the laughter in your heart sara laughed where in her heart what a what i mean why did you laugh i mean she's like i mean in her heart no she said you know just that, just just that just that 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 uh, what do you uh, tone what did you laugh what did you say and then what happened um ha, and now so uh, and, and the lord heard it and now man the man moses was humble more than all men who were on the face of the earth this this was i mean till now torments me i cannot imagine a man who can write this about himself and put it in parenthesis moses was all was the most humble i mean how humble you should be to write it and not just not getting into your head okay that is besides the point so he wrote, he wrote it god heard it and you know what happened the story so the anger of the lord was aroused against them and he departed and when the cloud departed from above the tabernacle suddenly miriam became what she become 
Why? Why, 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 why? What is the reason for your uncleanness? Your conversations against God ordained authority. Oh, children, children, children. You might, you might see a lot of faults in your parents. But you do not have the right to say anything against them. Even in your thought. Even as a passing remark. Serious. You do not know about my parents. 40 years of my life we wasted in the wilderness because of them. What should you do? Honor your father and mother. If, if any man does not honor his mother, father and mother, let him be. And you should say, oh, can you say Amen? Very difficult to say Amen. Very, very difficult to say Amen. I mean, I have to tell this in the, in the youth meeting. Say Amen. Oh, everybody says, no, 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 we can't say Amen. Why? Even if you say Amen or not Amen, it's already written. See, it's there. And she became what? Leprous. Why have you become leprous? You should always have an honest appraisal. This is the reason why I have become leprous. I have become unclean because of my speaking against God or in the authority. That's exactly what happened to Uzziah. You went against God ordained authority, against his word, against clarity in his word that the priests were the only people who are supposed to enter into the holy place and offer incense before God and you tried to usurp God's chair. What is going to happen to you? It's interesting. That he never repented. And even Ma- Madam Miriam also didn't repent. It's a- Aaron and Moses who interceded. That's my reading of the text. So Moses cried out to the Lord. Said, please Lord heal her. Look at the words of God. Very tough, no? Then the Lord said to Moses, if her father had spit, on, spit in her face, would she not be ashamed seven days? Let her be shut out of the camp seven days and afterwards she may receive again. <sighs> Serious. Take these things to heart, my dear brothers and sisters. Do not speak and go against God ordained authority. You will be hit. Most of us are, we, are, we are in a place because we have spoken so many words. Now we have come to the end of our lives and God is saying, be, make an honest appraisal of yourself. Like the prodigal son who has come to the pig pen. And what are pigs considered to be? What are they considered to be? Unclean. Unclean. And why am I here today? Because I rebelled against my father. Because I went against God-ordained authority. These are the words, these are the, these are the lessons I have learned the hard way in my life. And therefore I do not want the youth to make all these mistakes. Youth, young people, old people, everybody. But is that right? I remember Derek Prince says, you know what? If you want to go, things go to well, go, to, to go well with you, one of the things that you have to set right is your relationship with your father and mother. Alive or dead? Yesterday we had a question in, in, in the Q&A. We didn't write, we didn't read it out. How do I reconcile myself with my dead parents? <laughs> oh, what a question that is. Okay, another Situation. Second Kings chapter 5. This is Mr. Gehazi. Coveted again. Something which has been cursed by God. He coveted it. He said, you know what? Prophets have come. 
you have to give some some money to the prophets etc 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 and this is what the appraisal the man of god gives him the appraisal god's man no this is the appraisal we all look for appraisals at the end of the year this is the appraisal then he said to him, this is elisha did not my heart go with you when the man tra- turned back from his chariot to meet you is it time to receive money to receive clothing olive groves vineyards sheep oxen male and female servants therefore the leprosy of Naaman shall cling to you and your descendants forever. And he went out from his presence, leprous as white as snow. Whom does it, whom, do, whom will it cling to? You and your descendants. Now think about this. I use some sanctified imagination here. The judgment has been pronounced over Gehazi. Where is Gehazi? With Elisha. Does Gehazi have a family? I believe so. Does he have children? Okay. The moment he has pronounced a curse on Gehazi, he became leprous. Now, Madam Gehazi, that is Mrs. Gehazi, and the children are sitting in the dining table. This is my, my, my sanctified imagination, okay? And they're beginning to have lunch or dinner. Suddenly, Mama, what is that sore on your face? Suddenly, the sore starts spreading through her face. And, and, the, and she says, she looks at her son in horror and says, oh my goodness, what happened to you? You are leprous. Mama, you are leprous. We are all becoming leprous. And suddenly, a knock on the door. They open the door and they find their father leprous from head to toe. The blessing of the Lord is on the house of the righteous. But the curse of the Lord is on the habitation of the wicked. Think about this. These are sober moments. Why? Why am I in this trouble? Because I have to make an honest appraisal of myself. Oh my goodness. There's a very important verse which I missed. Very, very, very important verse. I'm so sorry. Let me just put it, okay? Before I... I think it's there. Very, very important verse which I missed. Oops. I'm sorry. I wrote down the whole thing and I put it up on the slide and I missed that. Very, very, very important verse. Let me just show that verse to you. It's there in my notes. Just give me one second to put it up on the slide. So, he went as white as snow, leprous as snow. Something has happened. No, is there no hope for this person? Leprosy has struck him. He has caused, he has brought trouble not only to himself, but his entire household. This guy is there, right there. Leprous from head to toe. Unclean, unclean. His name is Bartimaeus. Can't see. He's lost his perception. Everything is gone. Is there no hope? Is a question. But thank God there is hope, no? In Hosea chapter 2, this is what it says. Therefore, behold, I will allure her. Verse 14. Will bring her into the wilderness. Where? Into the wilderness. Okay. And I will speak what? Comfort her. I will give her vineyards from there. Give her her vineyards from there. And the valley of Akkor, what am I going to do? As a door of hope, she shall sing there as in the days of others, of her youth, as in the day when she came up from the land of Egypt. 
What, is, what am I going to do? I am going to open at the valley of Accor a door of hope. Now let us see who the door of hope is. Who is the door? Let us see. So, and when he heard <laughs> Jesus of Nazareth, who is Jesus of Nazareth? John's Gospel, chapter 10, verse 9. I am the door. <laughs> In the valley of trouble, I am the door. And if anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes to steal, to kill and to destroy. But I have come to give you what? Life, life in abundance. Exactly at the valley of Akkor, where you've been ostracized, you've been completely destroyed. You've come to the end of yourself. What is there for all of us? There's a door of hope. And who's the door? Jesus is our door. And this is the gospel. The gospel is there everywhere. So, in order for you to enjoy this freedom, there are eight actions that you need to take. How many actions? Eight. Eight actions, not seven, not five. Eight. Okay, for a new beginning this month. Hmm? Because we have, we are coming to the end, uh, we are going to come to the end of July and then we are going to start uh, August, which is the eighth month of the year. So, Mark's Gospel, chapter 10. Let us see what is the first step. And when he heard, what does he do? What did he do? He heard. The first stage is that you hear. What should you do? Hear. Stage number one, hear. And how do we hear? Now we know, we have heard so many words on hearing, but I want to, for all of us in the church, some things which I want to emphasize very clearly. This is what I want to emphasize. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse number 1. Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things that we have already heard, lest we what? Drift. We've heard so much. So what should we do? We have to give the most earnest Heed to the things which we have already heard. Otherwise, what's going to happen? We will drift away and we will begin to wander. And even as you hear more and obey more, what should happen to you? Even as you exercise your spiritual senses, your hearing should become even more, even more, even more sharper and clearer. Hebrews chapter 5 verse number 11, it says, Of whom we have much to say, hard to explain since you have become what? Dull of hearing. We have much to say about this door of hope, but problem is, you have become dull of hearing. So we have to, first stage is that we have to what? Hear. Everybody say here? Here. Then the next thing that he did, Mark's Gospel chapter 10. When he heard, he began to what? Cry. What should you do next? Cry out. What should you cry out for? Son of David. Have mercy. Lord, you know what? The one thing the Lord loves to hear from his children. Have mercy. Think about your son, your daughter who made a mess. Okay. And he opens the door and he falls at your feet and says, Father, have mercy upon me. What will happen to you? Immediately your heart will melt. You being evil fathers. (laughs) Your hearts will melt. How much more the heavenly father? The point is that you should cry. How do, I mean, Jesus Christ was not normal Christ. How did he cry? With loud cries and tears. That is how he prayed. How do we pray? In my heart. When you are alone, cry out. What should you do? Cry out. Man, I am telling you something, no? I am all by myself. 
even if people are around, I don't care. Okay. Nowadays, if I go for a walk, I just cry out. Just cry out. Suddenly, I blurt out something, and people who are walking alongside me, they turn turn to the side and say, "What is what is wrong with this fellow?" It's okay. I cry out and I say, "Lord, have mercy, mercy." You know, this he loves that cry. He doesn't want your resume. He wants to hear an honest cry from your heart and he knows it, whether it is from the heart or it is only very peripheral, like Ahab. Ahab also cried, but after that, he's never, he never changes way. Luke's Gospel chapter 18, look at what it says. One line prayer. The shortest prayer in the Bible. And the tax collector standing afar off would not so much raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me. Uh, that's it. Over. And the Bible says he went home. What? Justified. The other fellow went home dignified. And this went home, this fellow went home justified. David understood this very well. So when he sins against Bathsheba, what does he do? He also said, Lord, I saw. I coveted. I took. I hid. But this is what I'm going to do now. Psalm 51, verse number 1 and 2. Have Mercy upon me, O Lord, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. <laughs> Look at this. He's appealing to his mercy. And you know what? The Lord loves such kind of prayers. He loves those people who hope in his mercy. I'm not saying that. Psalm 147, verse number 11. I'm just want to encourage you. If you're going through a tough time in your life, first of all, hear Hear that Jesus of Nazareth is there. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. There's anointing over there. There's power to be healed. Jesus of Nazareth was anointed by the Holy Spirit to heal all those who have been oppressed by the devil and he went about doing good. He wants to do you good and not only now for your latter end. For your latter end. So cry out. He says, blot out my transgression. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. Now he's like beginning to hate it. You know, one of the things that we need to ask God is a hatred for sin. You know, like, like Phineas, no? He couldn't tolerate. And the Bible says, because Phineas could not tolerate what I could not tolerate. What, did he, what he could not do? Because he could not Tolerate what I could not tolerate. I am going to make an everlasting covenant with him. From generation to generation. And the Bible says, Phineas stood and executed judgment and it was credited into his account as what? Righteousness. He could not stand what was happening. Even the leaders, the Lord said, you know what, take all the elders and hang them. And even Moses was like, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? Phineas says, what are you guys doing? This guy is blatantly sinning in our camp and he's bringing the plague into our camp. What are we doing now? Are we going to be tolerant? See, one of the things that you know that you've been cleansed by God is that you have a hatred. And somebody points some things to you in your life and you, and you know that it is true. You begin to hate that attitude. You will begin to hate your laziness. You will begin to hate your sloppiness. You will begin to hate your uh, indiscipline. You will begin to hate... Mm-hmm. Yes, one thing is to obtain mercy. But another thing is to also have a hatred towards sin. 147 verse 11. Psalm 147 verse 11. Look at what it says. The Lord takes pleasure in them that what? Fear him. 
And who are these people who fear him? In those that hope in his mercy. Why? You know why? Look at what the, the kind of adjectives the psalm writer uh, mentions about God. This is again Psalm of David. Psalm 103. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and just in case you forgot, plenteous in mercy. He will not always shide, neither will he remember his anger forever. His anger is, the Bible says, his anger is but for a moment, but his mercy is from everlasting to everlasting. And therefore, what should the, what, what should this priest say? Worship, oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness, for his mercy endures forever. Cry out for your mercy. Cry out for mercy. He has not dealt with us after our sins. Thank God. How many of you can say amen to that? Oh my goodness. Somebody asked him the question. Somebody asked a man of God, how are you doing today? He said, better than I deserve. How much money are you earning? More than I deserve. You know, if it, every employee has this kind of an attitude, what a company it will be. Mere saal tanka to kuch bhi. Bhoot kam hai. Amdani kam hai. Aur kya hai? Yeah, kharcha zyada hai. खर्चे को कम कर रहा हूँ थोड़ा, वो नहीं करेंगे। You see, better than I deserve, more than I deserve. How much are you getting? More than I deserve. And in fact, Paul says, Baba, to me, preaching the gospel free of cost is my salary. Can anybody say that? I'm into that. Any man of God, any genuine, put a heart in his heart, hand in his heart, and say, Today I confess, preaching the gospel free of charge is my salary. <laughs> what a man! <laughs> he has not dealt with us according to our sins. He has not rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy. Bah! The comparison! My little child is learning about the universe. So she said, Papa, can you, sh-? I said, I can show you the stars in the night, okay? And she said, Papa, can you show me the universe? <laughs> I said, how can I show you the universe, baby? Universe cannot be shown. <laughs> when in her innocence, she doesn't know what the universe means, no? All that is in the world is the universe. How can I show you? Even the telescope of all the telescopes can get you a micro of the micro of the micro of the universe. You go to the International Space Station. You're in space. That's all. Suspended. And floating, and flo- floating there. I don't know what you're doing. You're doing experiments. <laughs> you can do that in the lab here also, Baba. <laughs> and save all the taxpayers' money. <laughs> I do not know why you have to go <laughs> all the way and experience zero gravity. Okay, okay, fine, fine. I have some spiritual lessons that I can learn from there. But it's okay. But at such a cost, I don't know. <laughs> yeah? So, as far as the east is from the west, so far, can you ever reach the west? Krutika? Never. You keep going west, you will still keep going west. So far has he removed our transgression. Because of his plenteous mercy. Therefore, what should you do this morning? Answer? Cry out. Don't say, Lord, sorry, Lord. No, no. Lord, no, no. Sorry, Lord, I made a mistake, Lord. No. So many people are like that. There's no intentionality there. There's no intentionality. 
you know it's like when people I, I see most of our brothers from the other other backgrounds when they're going to going through the in, in the bus they will suddenly find a temple and then suddenly and then they'll go on with their conversation all the uh, sanskritam is coming out of their mouth <laughs> they'll go on with their conversation and they'll put their black thing for 30 days they will say swami 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 and after that <laughs> no <laughs> no more See, but you know, see, see. By the way, God does not show mercy at the cost of truth. Don't misunderstand me. He shows mercy because He poured His wrath on His Son. That is the door of hope I'm talking about. The Valley of Accor. There's a door of hope. That is Jesus, the door. He sees the door. He sees His Son, and He shows you mercy. And if you believe. And you honor God, you know what you're going to do? The best way to honor God is to exalt the cross of God in your life. And that is the reason the Bible says, if I be lifted up, I will what? Draw all men unto myself. Why? Psalm 85. Mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Where Baba? On the cross. On the cross. So, appeal to his mercy. Yes, I don't deserve it. I know it. That is the reason why it's called mercy. Why? We come boldly and confidently through the new and the living way, the body and the blood of your son having, what is it? Purge your conscience from dead works to the holy of holies to obtain what? Mercy and grace in the time of need. Mercy. And then in the crowd there are some people who will warn you. Useless fellows. Hmm? Then many warned. Whom to be? The word for warning is very interesting. The word for warning is to increase the price. It is going to cost you, Baba. Now think about this, my brothers and sisters. How much can you give to God to appease Him? Think about this, okay? This is Micah's rhetorical question. Micah's rhetorical question. Not my question. Micah. The prophet Micah's rhetorical question. Micah chapter 6. With what shall I come before the Lord? And bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings? With calves a year old? With Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams? 10,000 rivers of oil? How about that? 10,000 rivers of oil. Thousands of rams. The Lord says, okay, I'm pleased. Will you get it? <laughs> how many of you have the capacity to get 10,000 rivers of oil, Baba? <laughs> how many? How many? How many? Can you? Oh, no, 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 no. You have to go cleanse yourself, do some penance, do some tapasya, do some good works, and try to earn your salvation. That is warning. You know what? These are voices of unbelief and negativity. Wherever you find faith, immediately there's a voice of unbelief which raises. So what should you do? First of all, you heard. Second, you cried. What should you do next one? Huh? What should you do next one? What should you do next? This follows all the negativity. You know, you know, you don't deserve it, Baba. You don't deserve mercy. You don't deserve God. You think that you deserve God? Poor man, he died on the cross for you. And every time you sin against him, 
You think you deserve this God? That is the voice of the devil. You don't deserve this God. That is the reason why it's called mercy. <laughs> Baba, by definition. So what do you do? Answer is cry louder. You cry. The third step. Cry louder. In other words, cry out till you silence the voice of unbelief in your life. Cry out. So he cried out. All the more. Son of David, have mercy upon me. In other words, quieten the voices of unbelief in your life. That is what I call the faith of Caleb. So what did Caleb do? Everybody is saying, we can't do this, we can't do this, we can't do this, we can't do this, we can't do this. And what does Caleb say? Numbers chapter 13. Caleb, everybody say, quieted the people. If Caleb is dog, he barked louder than all the dogs. The unfaithful dogs, he barked louder. Others were all cats, by the way. Meow, meow, meow. They were saying, this fellow, is it? Barked louder. Let us go up at once. And take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. This is the voice. See, I remember Derek Prince <laughs> gave a very interesting example of this guy who was a graduate from a seminary from a top school, and he was also an engineering graduate. So when he was in engineering, one one guy came to him. You believe that Jesus uh, fed five thousand people with five loaves of bread and two fish? Really? And you know what he said? His answer was, I do not know whether that story is true or false, but it does not have any effect on my belief in Jesus Christ. That's what he said. Really. At that moment, his own personal testimony is that the demon of unbelief entered into him. So now he comes to a conference, Derek Prince conference. This demon of unbelief is so strong. He goes through the deliverance conference. Nothing has happened to him. He's now his head is pounding. You know, he's in his flight now. Pounding headache is gone now. So at that moment, he said, he cried out with a loud voice. He held that fellow next to him and he said, I believe that Jesus fed 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish. Suddenly the headache went. So what do you do? Louder. What do these guys get, Baba? But the men who had gone up with them said, we are not able to go up with these people for they are stronger than, and they gave the children of Israel a what? A bad report. Whose report? You know, David was there. No, he was waiting. They don't know what, what happened in the battle. Absalom is there in the battle. Something has happened. We know what has happened. Absalom has been killed by, what's that? What's his name? Joab. So one fellow, he says, we have to give this information to the king. The two fellows are there. One fellow always wants to bring bad news. And the other fellow who gives positive news. Two fellows are running. The first fellow, bad news fellow runs first. Joab says, don't, you, the good news fellow, you stay here. Don't go. And that fellow can't wait. He says, no, 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 no. I have to tell this to the king and he runs. And David is looking from far. 
One follower is coming, rushing towards him, and he says, "Who is rushing, Baba?" I don't know. Forget his, forget his name. So and so is rushing, Baba, the bearer of bad news. He always gets bad reports. And then it says, even as that follower was running, the other guy was overtaking this bad news. And he rushes to David and he says, we won the war, we won the war. Whose report will you take? You know, there's one word in the Bible. It's an all-inclusive word. What is that? It is for all people. For all people who do something. Joel's gospel. Go Joel's gospel, okay? Chapter 2. And it shall come to pass that, huh? Whoever calls, Baba, on the name of the Lord, shall be saved. Actually, the word translation in the Hebrew is, will be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, there shall be deliverance, as the Lord had said, among the remnant of whom the Lord calls. So what should you do? Cry louder. First you hear. Then you cry. Then third, <laughs> you cry louder. <laughs> Until you have silenced every voice of unbelief in your heart and in your mind. Then. So Jesus stood still. It's like God stood still. I love that. No, When Jesus, you have to replace Jesus as God. No, God stood still, Baba. When he hears this cry of mercy and when he hears this desperate cry overcoming every vestige of unbelief, God has to stop. God has to stop in your life. That is why you have to become intentional. Like this man. You know my circumstances. You do not know what happened to me when I was a, when I was a child. You don't know what people did to me. You do not know what my parents did to me. You do not know what my brothers did to me. All excuses. We'll come to that later on. I don't want to go ahead of myself. So what did he do? He cried out louder. Then God stopped. It's like time stopped. When God stops, what, what stops? It's like Jehoshua, you know? Stop the sun. Stop the moon. Everything stopped. God stands still. Time stops still. There's a, there's a connection between the holy God and an unclean man now. And what stopped him? was a cry of faith. There's a connection that is going to happen with the most holy God. That's the reason that the Bible says, I the Lord who dwell in the most holy place, in the high and lofty place, I also dwell among them who are of a contrite and a broken heart and a broken spirit. I will not despise. I know this guy is broken. And he's desperate. See, deliverance is always for the Desperate. Derek Prince, I like, like him. I mean, I, I quote a lot from Derek Prince because I don't want to keep on mentioning Derek Prince because I want to mention Christ more than Derek Prince. Because he also, under the inspiration, he says, you know what? God will only deliver you from your enemies, not your friends. So interesting, no? If lust is your friend, he will not deliver you from lust. If anger is your friend, he will not deliver you from anger. If you hate anger and consider anger your enemy, And you say, cry out to God and say, Lord, this anger is bothering me. He will deliver you. Thank God. Then they called to him. You know, suddenly the tone changed. You see, I'm telling you, I'll tell you, my dear brothers and sisters, when God stops, the same voices which put you down will raise you up. The same voices that put you down. 
that called you all kinds of names. You know when God stops for his people? Everything changes in your life. God visited Abraham's home. Everything changed. At this time, according to the time of life, I will visit you and Sarah will have a baby. Everything changed. History of humanity changed. When unbelief stops, the power flows. The same voices which caused unbelief will encourage you, will clap for you. You know, that's exactly what happened to Joseph. (laughs) He was exalted. Think about, I mean, Joseph's exaltation is fantastic, no? Pharaoh's father, child comes to him. Daddy, Annam, I want food. Go and ask. Can you imagine, even Pharaoh's son has to go and ask? That is exaltation. Because God stopped. Okay, be of good cheer. Rise. He is calling you. Then what does he do? You know what? He grabs, this is what I call grabbing opportunity with both hands. How? How, how, how? With both hands. Not like that fellow, no? My father, my father, the chariots of Israel, and the horsemen thereof. Okay, come here, you fellow. Come, 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 come. You're, you are all emotional only. Come, let me raise, put my hands upon you. And he imparts a gift. Who's this? Elisha. Then he says, take this arrow, shoot the, shoot the arrow of deliverance through the window. He shoots. Then take the arrow, strike the ground. How many times? One, two, three, all children, gone. I pain, I can't do anything anymore. No, you should see the, the Nitturpu in Telugu, it's a Nitturpu. It's like sighing of the children when they're doing math class. And I'm looking at them and saying, what? I am struggling. What struggling? I mean, what is the definition of struggle? Can you define struggle for me? Oh, I spent, I, I, I was in, in the, uh, I, I was awake till one o'clock in the morning. One o'clock in the morning. That is struggle for you. Struggle. I was up for 72 hours. Huh. My prof, prof didn't say, oh, Vijay is struggling. No. You better struggle, you fellow. You want your PhD? You want, <laughs> you want your PhD or not? Yeah. <laughs> you know? You better struggle. And I'm telling you, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning, nobody in the lab, I got my final breakthrough. And I said, you like, oh! And nobody's there in the lab to share. Then I have to call my colleague in the night, wake that fellow off, because he also tried, 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 and he failed, and he went home. <laughs> he was also struggling alongside me. I called him, I said, Gattu, 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 Gattu. His name is Gattu Pali Aditya, okay? Gattu, we got it, we got it, we got it. And for us, huh, I'm listening to my children. I'm saying, what? What is this? Ha, huh, Baba? Struggling. My child is struggling. I'm I guess, what is the definition of struggle, Baba? He's fasting and praying for 72 hours without food. Okay. That, is, that can be qualified as struggle. I'll tell you what struggle is. Seven days you work and you get nothing. That is struggle. You work all night, catch nothing, come back, clean your nets, go back, struggle all night. That is struggle. Oh boy. I'm not going to look at my children. I'm saying, what is this, Baba? What is this? I'm not tired. You're tired. 
I am expounding my energy. I am teaching you. You are tired listening. Kya baat hai? Kya baat hai? I am struggling. I mean, some when people say, my child is struggling, I say, what is struggle? Please define struggle. Send me a video. Let me qualify it. Because I am, <laughs> I can qualify struggle because I have seen it. struggle go into the mission field over and over and plow and plow and plow and plow and don't see fruit in your lifetime that is struggle translated the bible in all languages and the entire bible translation is burnt you start all over again that is struggle you come to a place which is laden, laden with demons, you lose your family. You lose a child, you lose your home. Your, my wife goes mad, but you still stay in the mission field. That is struggle. You walk 4,000 miles through the deserts of Africa. And you have to be there in the middle of a jungle with all kinds of wild animals around and you have to be a sentry. And one day, you're as a sentry. And one fellow, one tiger and lion comes and he hits on your hand and your one flesh is gone out of your hand. You still walk. You walk through nail-ridden jungles and the nail pierces your eye. You lose your feet. You lose your hands. And when you're dying, you kneel and die traveling 4,000 miles. David Livingston. That is struggle. Don't give up, my dear brothers and sisters. We have not struggled anything. Don't, don't. See, don't. Uh, what do you say? What do you say? Reduce the value of the word struggle. It's very valuable. Mm-hmm. Struggle. Be of good cheer, rise. You know what? I'll tell you something. You cry out till God stops. How long do you cry out? God stops. You're not desperate enough. So then what he does? He does three things. First, he throws aside his garment. Everybody say, put away. Everybody say, put away. Everybody say, put away. What is that garment? That is the works and the life that he's using to cover his uncleanness. What is he doing? He's trying to cover his uncleanness. What does he do? He throws it aside. So what should you and I throw off? You know what you should throw off? James chapter 1, verse 21. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. <laughs> in, the, in, in the KJV, the superfluity of naughtiness. I still haven't figured out what that means. And receive with what? Meekness. The engrafted soul word that is able to, in other words, put away your pride in all your achievements. And stop covering your sin. Humble yourself. Eat what we call as 
humble pie. There's apple pie. <laughs> there's whatever pie. And there is one interesting pie. And the most important pie we all have to eat is humble pie. Oh, very difficult. Especially if you are an accomplished virtuoso. You got with a long list of degrees and rewards across your name, like a tail. And like the devil, devil which grabs the people by the tail, you also grab one third of the church by the tail. What is your tail? Your degrees. So what should God do? He should cut the tail. Second hmm? <laughs> Kings chapter 5. Look at what it says. Naaman became very what is that? Furious. And went away and said, Indeed, I said to myself, He will surely come out and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand. He wanted drama. <laughs> oh, it is my privilege that I am saving a great person like you. Look at us. Look at us. How condescendingly he speaks. Are not Abana and Parafar? You know what Abana means? Many stones. Many weights. In other words, there are very many ways to salvation. Only this this way to salvation. Parafar means swift. The rivers of Damascus better than all the rivers of Israel. You know what? One, one servant comes and says, Master, receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. <laughs> Please go and, and drown yourself seven times and you will be healed. Simple. Put away your pride. What is? What should you do? Put away your pride. Mm-hmm. Romans chapter thirteen verse twelve. Another thing that you need to put away. The night is far spent; the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off all the works of darkness, and let us put on the. Uh, let us put away all the works of darkness. Put it away. Don't hide your sin. Don't put bring your sin into the light. And show God your uncleanness, that you are unclean from head to toe, and He will pronounce you as clean. Right? John's Gospel chapter 3. God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that through the world, but uh, the world through Him might be saved. But this is the condemnation that light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. You see? Get into the light. You cry out for mercy, right? You really want mercy? Proverbs chapter 28 verse 13. He who covers his sin will not. But he who confesses and forsakes will have what? Mercy. So what should you do? Open, confess. Don't try to hide. Don't say it's a mistake. Second, he throws away his garment and he rose. (laughs) Pastor spoke extensively on rising. So first thing that he did, he heard. Second thing he did, he cried. Third thing he did, he cried louder. Then fourth thing he did, he put away. Fifth he did, he arose. This is intentionality. In other words, he did not be lazy. He did not sleep. He did not start complaining. You know, when I was growing up, I heard this story. I'm, I'm sure many Telugus heard the story. Okay, All Telugus who heard the story, keep quiet. Act as if you heard it for the first time. The story is told about a king who had seven sons. How many sons? 
seven sons. Seven useless sons, basically. So these seven sons went for fishing. Each fellow caught one fish. How many fish? One fish. So how many fish did they, call, they call catch in all? The mathematics is fantastic. Good. So, one king had seven sons. Each fellow caught one fish. Great. You should learn something from our pastor, Pastor Cyrus. Fantastic fisherman. He's not only fishing fish, he's also fishing a lot of men. Hmm? So it's a parable. Alright? His life is a parable. So that's besides the point. So they, ca- they catch, each fellow catches one fish and they bring it back home and they dry it. The story says that one of the fish did not dry. It did not. So they went and asked the fish. Fish, fish, did why did it not dry? The fish could speak. Still alive. Koramin it is. Still alive. It said, the haystack came in the middle and therefore I could, the sun, it stopped the sun rays from falling on me and therefore I could not get dried up. Oh, so bad. So they went to the haystack. They asked the haystack. Haystack, haystack. Why did you come in the middle? And why did you block the rays of the sun? I blocked the rays of the sun because the cow did not come and graze me and feed on me. Oh, the cow is the problem. So they go to the cow. They say, cow, cow, why did you not graze? This master of mine, he tied me up and did not leave me. So they go to the master and say, master, master, why did you tie this fellow up? My little fellow was crying. So they go and ask the little fellow, little fellow, little fellow, why were you crying? The ant bit me. So, I'm using some sanctified imagination. No? They went and asked the ant. Ant, ant, why did you bite? This workless fellow, I was working very hard, providing for my family. He only eats and sleeps. Okay. He only eats and sleeps. I'm working hard. And he come, came and fingered me. I gave him a nice bite. No. There's a twist to the story. That is your story. My story is with a sanctified imagination. Sanctified imagination, okay? When a ant bites you, what do you do? And do that, right? This is a story of the friend of the ant. My friend was working hard for his family. I was helping him. And even as I was helping him, this guy, workless fellow, comes and fingers my friend. Stops him from working. My friend, he says, don't stop me from working. He continues. And therefore my friend gives him a nice bite. And that workless fellow killed my friend. I just buried my friend. I am continuing his work. The kingdom of God is not for lazy people. John the Baptist is dead. What are you going to do, Jesus? He heard. He went on preaching. The work of God has to continue. See? I don't want to give excuses. (laughs) I don't want to say why I couldn't... Feed, feed my family. I don't want to give excuses. I might as well die in the process. But I died working. That is the reason why you see my WhatsApp status. What do you find? Yes, Avinash? At 
work all the time. Yeah? You thought it was a parable. You did not see the poignant angle for the story. Arise. Don't be lazy. Stop giving excuses. Do you really want to get well? Arise, Baba. Don't say this fellow, that fellow, this fellow. That is the reason I like ants. <laughs> I love ants. There's a song in Telugu about ants, no? You know the gospel song, right? Go to the ant, you. Sluggard. Consider our ways and be wise. How long will you slumber, you sluggard? When will you, what? Arise! When will you arise? The night is far spent. Those who sleep, sleep in night. Those who drunk, get drunk in night. We are not of the night, we are of the day. So what do you do? Put away the unfruitful works of darkness and reprove them and bring them to light. And God shall give you light. Put away. There's an intentionality. So he arose. He put away the garment of heaviness. He put on the garment of praise. It's, it's, an extent, it's an amazing thing. He just puts away the pride. He puts away his ego. He puts away all his hiding. And he arises. You know why? Because he's desperate for his deliverance now. Arise. Luke's Gospel chapter 15. Verse 17. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare and to perish and I perish with hunger? Will I will what? I will arise. I will go to my father and I will say to him, it's a willing. I will arise. I will go. I will I will say to my father, how long will you vacillate between two opinions? Right? Be decisive. Second Kings chapter 7. Now there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate and they said to one another, why are we sitting here until we die? If we say we will enter into the city, the famine in the city will, will kill us. And if we sit here, we will die also. Now therefore let us come and surrender to the army of the Syrians. If they keep us alive, we shall, we shall live. If they kill us, we shall only die. And they rose. We are leprous. We are unclean. But we arise. Then what did he do? He threw away his garment. He arose and he came to. So first thing, what did he do? He heard. Everybody say. He cried. He cried louder. <laughs> Fourth, he put away. He arose. And the sixth thing he does, he draws near to Jesus. What is drawing near to Jesus? If anyone comes to me, must believe that he is. You know the word he is, is mentioned 68 times in the book of Hebrews. God is a God of is. He is. James chapter 4 and verse 21. And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. If Baal is God, follow him. But the people answered him, not a word. Draw near. And therefore, what does he do? He creates, a, he builds the altar and he, and he asks them all to what? Come near. Come, come, come near. Don't run away from God. James chapter 4. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you what? 
double minded a double minded man is unstable in all his ways he will receive nothing nothing if you are double minded you will receive nothing today from the lord you are unstable in all your ways so what should you lord i'm drawing near to you lord I've, i still have doubts lord i believe help my unbelief Hmm? Cleanse your hands this morning of all your double-mindedness. Children, make up your mind today. That's like that's that's exactly what I like about Daniel. Daniel purposed in his heart. That means he made up his mind. I've got my mind made up and I won't turn back. That's the reason why the Bible is saying, it says in Romans chapter 15, your homework, every man should be fully convinced in his own mind. How many of you know that verse? Fully convinced in your own mind. If you do not have those convictions and you are not completely convinced, today you will say, this is good, and tomorrow you will say, that is bad. Once you have made up your mind, stay on that path. Jerusalem, and what does the Bible say? He made his face like a flint. In Telugu, it's very interesting. Like a stone towards Jerusalem. In other words, he's not, he's not going to be moved anymore by people's opinions or threats. Mm-hmm. So he rose and he drew near to Jesus. You see, you make first step towards God. God will make hundred steps towards you. <laughs> You would take the first step. You would take the first step. One step towards God. That's the reason why when he saw his child far away, what does it say? The father ran. (laughs) What a beautiful story that is. Powerful story. Like pastor was saying in the morning. You take one step towards God and father came running towards him. Mm -hmm. Mark's gospel chapter 10. Throwing aside his garment. He arose and he came to Jesus. And Jesus will ask the question, what do you want me to do for you? <laughs> Lord, it is obvious. He didn't say that. Very, very specific. You know something? One of the things that I learned, be very specific with God. Don't speak in the air. Lord, you know what I, what I need. If you need a car, mention the car and the kind of car you want. Yeah, I mean, like for example, for me, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not coveting, okay? I'm not coveting uh, Bano's EV. <laughs> okay. Uh, don't laugh at me, Baba. <laughs> I'm not making my needs known. No. But, you know, I, I already mentioned God. God. EV Max. Uh, <laughs> So that I can drive all the way to Vizag with a break in Vijayawada. Very specific. Be very specific with God. You know what? I wanted my paper to get accepted. You know what I said? Lord, you know, I've been struggling. No. Lord, I want this paper to get accepted. I wept before the Lord for several days. You know, my wife knows. (laughs) Why is your eyes so heavy with tears? My paper. <laughs> yeah. I want my paper to get accepted until I got, you know what? Till then, reject, 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 reject. I was tired of rejection. I got the spirit of rejection on me. I said, Lord, 
the day, you know one thing? Out of 2,800 papers, 600 papers got accepted. One paper from India. And that is mine. Kya baat hai? What are the odds? Hmm? Prayers got answered. Why? I was very specific. Very specific like Hannah. Weeping, weeping. Lord, if you give me a child, a male child, I will give him back to you and the razor will not touch his head. Be specific. Be specific with God. Lord, my heart's desire. I want so many people in my ministry. Say that, no. Oh, Lord, I don't care about the numbers. Don't say like that. I care about the numbers because there are a book of numbers. 39, Baba, 39 chapters are read, Baba. And 600,000 men were counted the first time and the second time. The first generation all died. 600,000 were replaced again. So if God can count twice, I also want my count. Huh? Be specific. You guys are, you, know, you, you don't know, you do not know your God. You see, if, it's, if you ask for a stone, oh sorry, for an egg, will you give a stone? Meaning you be very specific with God, he'll give you more, exceedingly, abundantly, than more than you can ask and think. So I asked for an EV Max. I don't know what he's going to give me. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Baba. See, I believe it. Lock, stock and barrel. Because I have so many other parameters. I like the sport. I like the charge. I like the fact that the IC engine has been eliminated. I hate the IC engine. Clutch, brake, clutch, brake, clutch, brake. I hate that fellow. Hmm? You see, be specific. I struggled. <laughs> okay, understand this. Be specific with God. What do you want me to do for you, Baba? Lord, you know. No. The interesting is that the way he addresses is very interesting. He doesn't say master. He doesn't say Lord. You know what he says? He doesn't say teacher. Hmm. That is Rabbi. He says, Rabboni, you know My teacher. Naguru. My Guru. You know, the only other person who said Rabboni was Mary Magdalene. And what does she do? Sit at his feet and listen to his voice. One thing is needed. Sitting at his feet and listening to his voice. That is the reason why in our Sanskrit sayings, Guru Mukhasya Vidyala What does it mean? Sit at your feet of your Guru and learn. We have modern day, why we don't need Gurus, we need people who facilitate. They are called facilitators now. From faculty to facilitator. Oh, Lord have mercy. Okay. You know something? Nobody can replace a classroom. I've seen that in my own life. The best technology, best AI, best Zoom class cannot replace the classroom. The chalk and the board and the smell of dust. That is old school. Mm-hmm. 
Nobody can replace that. Yeah. So, Raboni, my teacher, please, can you give my sight? You know why? I lost my way. I chose the wrong path. And that wrong path has led me to this place. Wrong way of thinking. Wrong patterns of thought. Wrong emotions. Wrong decisions. I did not have a teacher. You know the Bible says in, in, the, in the book of Chronicles during the time of Asa or Jehoshua this says for a long time Israel was without a teaching priest. They lost their way. They lost their way. Rabboni, please teach me. Even if it is going to be tough words I know your words are tough but they heal. Your words cut but they heal. Because I know those words come from your heart. I know Ezekiel. Ezekiel, eat what is there before you. What is there before you? Lamentations, woe. <laughs> Lamentations and woe. You want me to eat it? Eat it, please. Eat it and then go to and go and preach my preach to my people. So the Bible says he ate lamentations. He ate the woe. And the Bible says it turned into his heart, into his mouth like what? Honey. Then he understood the heart of God. The heart of God is always gentle and kind towards his people. Even in his toughness, even in his anger, he's merciful. In fact, his anger sometimes is an expression of his mercy. That's the reason the Bible says, you know what David says in Psalm 119, Oh Lord, I know in your faithfulness you afflicted me. In your faithfulness, you afflicted me. So that I might learn your righteous judgments. Be specific. So that is the reason why it says in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, keep this in mind. This is in the New Living Translation. Everybody say, keep this in mind. So keep it in mind. Okay. The teacher, that is my teacher. Who's the teacher? The teacher. It's, 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 a, it's an emphatic the. The definite article. There's only one teacher. Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Okay. Was considered wise. He taught the people everything he knew. He listed carefully to many proverbs. He listened carefully to many, many proverbs, studying and classifying them. The teacher sought to find just the right words to express truths clearly. The words of the wise are like cattle prods. Painful, but helpful. Everybody say, painful, but helpful. Okay? Their collected sayings are like a nail-studded stick with which a shepherd drives his sheep. Kya baat hai? Nail-studded stick. You know what comforts you? Not a pillow. Yes. The rod and the staff. That comforts you. Not a pillow. Not comfort. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Kya baat hai? Can anybody say amen to that? Huh? Amen. So, he became very specific. He drew near and he became very specific. And finally, chapter 10. Jesus said to him, go your way. Isn't it interesting? Go your way. Okay. He immediately received. So, first thing, he heard, then cried. Third, he cried. He put away. He arose. He drew near. He received. (laughs) He received. Finished. What did he receive? What you asked for. Your sight. Your insight, your revelation. You've not been, you've been struggling for revelation. Ask the Lord. That is the reason why he says, ask of me. 
and I will show you great and mighty things that you did not even know of. Open your mouth and I will fill you with what? The problem is we don't open our mouth. Even if you open our mouth, it's like, Pujjigadu, Tinunana, 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 Chandamama, 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 Tinunana. If you are hungry, you will eat. The problem is you are not hungry. So, he received. And the interesting thing is this. Jesus says, go your way. <laughs> you know, God, I, I like this about God. He never forces himself on anybody. Like Pastor was saying yesterday, a day, yesterday or day before yesterday, I think during the, during the uh, meeting, during the wedding day message, he said, Jesus never forces anybody. We, till date, God did not force me, force to do anything upon me. Everything he asks from us voluntarily. Yes, I healed you. You can go your way. You can go your way. Your faith has made you, made you well. I do not know whether you have the faith to cling on to me. I do not know that. Okay. I like what the mark, the gospel according to Mark says. What does it say? Immediately. Say that. Ah. How many of you want an immediate answer today? Show me your hands, Baba. Come on. In the presence of God. Let's be honest. Lord, I know I want God to answer me immediately. And it says, immediately he received. Why? Why did he immediately receive? He heard. He cried. He cried louder. He put away. He arose. He drew near. And therefore he if you do all these things, you will immediately receive. The problem is you will not do all these things. But we want an immediate response. God is not an autoboat. Like me, Seva. No, he, he has an autoboat. No, you have boats nowadays who answer questions on, online. I'm your so and so, so and so, so and so. I'm here to answer your questions. God is not an autoboat. So, he asks even the disciples, John's Gospel chapter 6. Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this thing, they said, this is a hard saying. <laughs> Who can understand it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said to them, does this offend you? From that time onwards, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. And Jesus said to the twelve, do you also want to go away? Peter thankfully said, Lord, where can we go? You and you alone have the words of life. That is the reason why I like what I think one of the Wesleys wrote this. Long my imprisoned spirit lay. Long my imprisoned spirit lay fast bound in sin and nature's night. Long my imprisoned spirit lay fast bound in sin and nature's night. Thine eye diffused the quickening ray. I woke the dungeon filled with light. Kya baat hai? Thine eye diffused the quickening ray. I woke the dungeon filled with light. My chains fell off. My heart was free. I rose, went forth and followed thee. Amazing love. How can it be that thou my God should die for me? All my chains, chains fell off. My heart was free. So what did I do? I arose, I went forth and I followed you. Luke's Gospel chapter 5. Let us finish it with last verse. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, I am a sinful man, O Lord. When did, it, when did this happen? 
I believe this is the second call of Simon Peter. The first time he called him, he left his nets and he followed him. That is in Matthew's gospel and also in Mark's gospel. And then he went back fishing. Like this is the problem with Peter. He always goes back fishing. Hmm? Okay, he never learns his lesson once. Simon, Simon, Peter, Peter, every time, you know. He also uh, always has to be said twice. Three times the image has to come, the vision has to come. Eat and eat, kill and eat, kill and eat, kill and eat. Okay, so anyway, so Simon Peter left the minutes, followed Jesus. He enjoyed all the miracles from Jesus and he went back fishing. And he struggled all night and caught nothing. Jesus came. Can you cast your nets onto the other side, please? He was astonished at the catch. And he said, Lord, I'm sorry. Sorry, Lord. You called me. I did not respond. Forgive me. Forgive me. I'm a sinner. You know what the Bible says? Thank God for Jesus. He comes back, comes back at the second, the second time. You know what he says? And as, and also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to them, said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to the land, they forsook all and followed him. They forsook all. So what did he do? He received his sight immediately and he followed Jesus out of Jericho. The cross before me, the world behind me, no turning back. No turning back. So let's end up with the eight things that we learned this morning. He heard. He cried. He cried louder. He put away pride. He put away hiding. He put away hypocrisy. He put away guile. He showed him, showed himself to Jesus just the way he was. He arose. He drew near. He received. He followed. This is faith that is intentional. Do you have it this morning? Do you have it this morning? And if you want it, let's call. Let's all stand to our feet, okay, this morning, okay? Let's stand to our feet. God is a God who loves to give good gifts to his children, amen? And you ask him specific things, and you ask it by faith, whatever is there, if it is according to my will, he will give it to you. Don't force your will into God's will. Okay? He will force it out slowly. <laughs> okay? But if you ask him anything, anything in my name, it will be done to you. That is the kind of God we serve. But this morning, he's listening. He's looking for a cry. What is he looking for? Cry. A cry for mercy. And a louder cry for mercy, a cry which silences all the voices of unbelief. You know, sometimes the Bible says, I mean, you don't, the Bible doesn't say, actions speak, ah, you know what, your actions actually will cry and silence all the voices of unbelief. Do it. Get up. Don't be a slumber. Don't be a, don't be in slumber. Don't be a sluggard. Get up and be like the ant. Take action. Okay, be intentional. If you take one step towards God, God will run towards you. He will not take steps towards you. What does he, what does he do? You walk towards God. God will run towards you. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for this morning. Lord, I pray, Lord, if there was any flippancy in any of the words that we have used, forgive us. If we have misrepresented you in any way, forgive us.
But Lord, we know that your heart is for your people. You always have the best intentions for your people. Your word says, O Lord, that you have plans to prosper us, not to harm us. To give us a hope and a future and an expected end. And this morning, O Lord, you're knocking on the doors of some people who are caught in Jericho. Who are trapped by unclean thoughts. Who are trapped by unclean habits. Who are trapped by unclean demons. There were spirits of uncleanness tormenting your people this morning. But Lord, at the valley of Accor, there's a door of hope. And that door is you. That on the cross, O Lord, you disarmed every principality and power of darkness and you made them a public spectacle. You spoiled them, O Lord. You spoiled them so that we could gather the spoil. You spoiled principalities and powers of darkness so that we could gather back the fragments of our life that the enemy stole from us. But this morning, O Lord, we want to be intentional. We want to silence the voices of unbelief. We want to put away pride. We want to put away every excuses. We want to put away, O Lord Jesus, every unclean thought. We want to bring it to light. We don't want to hide, O Lord. We don't want to pretend. We want to rise. We want to be intentional. We want to draw near to you. Yes, Lord. And when we become intentional and we draw near to you, we will receive immediately. Grant us grace this morning to believe what you have spoken through your word into our hearts and into our lives. You are a God who loves to give good things to your children. And let there be found faith this morning in the hearts of your people. Let the word of God be mixed with faith and let it bring fruit into our lives. To that end, I pray that you would bless the meditation of today's word. Thank you once again for your for this opportunity that you give to us. Every opportunity that you give to us to come together. To be cleansed by your word. And to prepare ourselves for your coming. You are a God who wants to give good gifts to your children. This morning, give gifts to your people, O Lord. Spiritual gifts to serve you. The gifts that they may be crying out for. The gift of tongues, the gift of prophecy. The gift of word, the word of knowledge. The gift of faith. Lord, give gifts, Lord, this morning. Just not only spiritual gifts, but also material gifts that, that are needed for your children so that they can be even more effective in the ministry. Give those gifts to your people, O oh Lord, this morning. Lord, your hand is not shortened, O oh Lord, in our lives, but it is shortened because of our unbelief and help our unbelief this morning. Give gifts, Lord, this morning. Those people who are longing to speak in tongues, O oh Lord, let them break into a new language. And those who are longing to interpret tongues, O oh Lord Jesus, let them be given the gift of the interpretation of tongues for the edification of the body. And the gift of prophecy. So that the hearts of the people are exposed. And they are brought to light. And then they know that the, that the Lord is here in our midst. Oh Jesus. Give gifts, O oh Lord, this morning. And let your children receive those gifts by faith. And use those gifts for the glory of God, for the edification of the body, and for the detrimental of the kingdom of darkness. Thank you once again, Father, this morning. Let those people who are in slumber, let them arise, O Lord, this morning. 
Lord, you are asking so many people these questions. How long, how long do you really want to be made well? Do you love your sin? Or do you hate it? Pick up your mat this morning and walk. Oh, Jesus. Thank you once again for this morning, Lord. Thank you for every opportunity. Thank you for the week that has gone by. Thank you for the days that are ahead of us. We know that you're going to go ahead of us. That you're going to go straight and crooked paths for us. You are going to open doors for your people this week, O oh Lord. Doors to minister. Doors to speak your gospel. Doors to bring healing. Doors to bring deliverance. Oh Lord. Opportunities, O oh Lord, Father, in the workplace. Favor where favor is needed, O oh Lord. For those people who are being crying for favor this morning. Favor with God. Favor with man. For favor a lot. At workplace, at home, at offices, at government institutions a lot. For favor. Open doors this morning a lot for your children. Equip us. Strengthen us. Exhort us for for your coming. And Lord, enable us to lay aside every excuse. And become intentional in our walk with the Lord. Grant us intentional faith, we pray. We thank you, we praise you, we give you glory. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. In all God's children's head, amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.